Hmm? Ah! Oh. Margaret, all, all due respect, uh, I'm just straight shooting here. We can't let people we don't trust run around inside our walls. You're right, Gregory. In fact, I couldn't stop thinking about what you told me yesterday. You see, I grew up on a farm. I know all about sheep and wolves. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on, Gregory. Oh, hell, are you serious? Eduardo? Wait, this, this can't... Wait. Calm down. No, don't tell me to calm down. I'm not going to go in there. You can't. Maggie! Look, just know it. Stop, just for a minute. Calm just, down. No, please, God, no! God! Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm Karen, <laughs> <clears throat> and this is the Walking Dead cast episode 289. I'm drinking Suntory <laughs> for the good times. Yeah, Suntory times. And Karen just <laughs> let me know that one of my favorite movies, Lost in Translation. If you watch it now, 20 years later or whatever it is, it's racist. <laughs> I didn't say that exactly. <laughs> and then I searched on it and it's true. There was an article by an Asian woman saying that movie was racist. So now I have to go back because I can't keep saying that was a great movie without going back and watching it again just to make sure. It, it is a great movie, but it made me feel uncomfortable in <laughs> yeah, spots. Right. And I was like, oh, dear. I, 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 it, it means something different today than it right. did to me back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I wanted to let you guys know this episode is made possible by Patreon supporters like Jamie Dimmick, who have pledged their support Yay. at patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. Thank you, Thanks. Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Shall we get into it? Let's do it, man. It's Centauri time. (laughs) (laughs) Attention shoppers. Deadcast top five in five, four, three, two. All right. It's our Deadcast top five this week. It's our top five highlights for season eight, episode six, The King, The Widow, and Rick. Which yep. now I thought, th- I thought that would be um, something. You know, Negan's kept been saying, "I want to get the king, the widow, and Rick all strung up in front of sanctuary." That's where that phrase has been coming up. So to have that be the title, it's like ooh, something. But actually, it's just oh, there's three separate storylines featuring <laughs> <Right>. these people. <laughs> and Negan wasn't in this at all. Negan wasn't in it, which. Is fine, but I just thought it would be a little more um, monumental. Yes, exactly. It was fine, exactly. though. I mean, what do you think? I liked it, actually. Yeah. Um, we had a very uh, Negan um, 
a heavy episode last week. Lots so of dicks. this week, lots of dicks. And this <laughs> week, I, you know, I liked it. I thought it was a solid episode. It jumped around, uh, but it gave us some good uh, zombie scares. So that's always a good thing. And I liked how it was, um, you know, relatively dick free. So that was a plus. No, there was one big giant dick named Gregory. <laughs> yeah, and he got what was coming to him. Yeah. Yeah, we like to see that. Yes. You know, at, at this week, because that, that got uh, quite a response, uh, all, all positive that I could see your whole- The Dickalicious episode rant, from last yeah, week. last week. And, uh, but I was thinking, uh, oh, maybe I should have mentioned that super vagina heavy episode with Carol when she went to the savior thing where those mean women were, it was all- Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, it balances out. Wait. When was that? You're, you're not talking about the, the Oceanside. No, no. That was another one. But they were some good people. But I'm talking about the one where Carol and I think Maggie, Maggie. were stuck with some savior women. Remember? Yes. Gosh, it seems like about five years ago. And they were mostly assholes, all of them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they were like female dicks. <laughs> there just really isn't an equivalent epithet <laughs> is there well you could say bitch yeah okay yeah. sure <laughs> wow if i sat here and least... said oh this episode had so many bitches then i don't think i get quite the response that you got from your thing last week <laughs> <laughs> well this episode i'm tired of that... bitches <laughs> yeah there'd be crickets after that oh uh, no i don't think it'd be crickets there'd be some loud responses but that's not what i said and i'm not saying it now <laughs> wow so, we have really just skated right by the pg-13 ness of our <laughs> no we've never we've always been rated x we okay really anyway Sorry, that aside just trying to find some balance here <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, I totally get it, too. I mean, we didn't even really talk about it, and we won't really talk about it too much right now, but I get just basically what's been going on in our in our society and our culture lately, and then have that thrown in our face. Uh, it's like, okay, <laughs> this isn't the right time for this. <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad timing, but I don't think that's the show's fault. Um, I think they, they plan these things, you know, probably a year in advance and who can predict the, what, how our right. society is, you know, going to shake out. So not the show's fault. Um, hey, it led to a great podcast. I thought <laughs> it was a fun one. I, I laughed a lot. Not a bad thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I liked the episode too. There were, there were a few different storylines going on and there were two in particular that I really liked a lot. And then. The other, there was one that I kind of didn't like, so it all came out, you know, positive in the end, but ups and downs, uneven. Okay. So what's your number five? My number five, I'm going to say, is Carol. And I loved hanging out with Carol in this episode. Um, she's she's amazing. Mm. And I, I love the actor. She's Melissa McBride is wonderful. And in particular, I love that she's about to blast the door open to go see King Ezekiel. And Jerry's like, um, it's open. It's open. <laughs> you like, could have walked in. <laughs> but he caught her in time. Yeah. And I love the scene with with. Carol and King Ezekiel, how she comes and says, you know, you're needed. And he says, that's it. I'm, you know, I'm, I can't. She turns and she, she turns to leave, but then she turns around and, and doesn't leave him and, and basically says, you know, 
um, you are real. You're real to me and you're real to them. And, you know, I know it's awful, but you, you kind of have to fake it till you make it. Suck it it up, buddy. Yep. Yep. You're, you're needed. And, um, and he, he doesn't at the very end, um, I think hopefully he'll heed her, her words and go out there and, uh, and do what has to be done yeah. and meet his people. But I liked hard, that he didn't right away. It, it, yeah. He's been badly wounded. Yes. And uh, you can't just always snap right back from that. And uh, I don't I don't talk about the comic a lot, but <clears throat> something similar happened to Ezekiel in the comics. And I feel more sympathetic towards TV show Ezekiel for some reason. In the comic, I was like, come on dude but on the show i guess because it just feels so much more real when you see it in live action um yeah. it might also be just because i like how Kari payton plays the role but i was i'm like yeah d- yeah he needs time <laughs> yeah. it's understandable it's a big 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 loss mm-hmm. and he was the leader and mm-hmm. he told them it would be okay and it's not okay yeah and a- anyone would go through what he's going through absolutely anyone yeah Kari Payton man he's, he's amazing mm-hmm. I should say that too the two of them together it's so beautiful and the, she cried in the episode and it was god it was fantastic Kari Payton has this quality where it feels like there's this really um I don't know palpable emotion right under the surface uh, with him like energy you know that it, even when he's sad it, it's just that he's present he's so present yep. and and when i've done a couple of panels with him i feel that too it's it's him as a person and uh it's really uh, appealing <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah absolutely just, just a good guy to be around i really liked when he said, I saw what the stakes were and I still played a part. I knew and yet I smiled because he took that phrase that had meant before. I know the the odds are against us and yet I smile, meaning I'm going to, you know, we're, we're still going to make it and turned it to be more tragic. Like I knew the odds yes. and yet I smiled instead of being more realistic yeah. about it or, yeah. you know, and, and I still think that there's something that it, it's an interesting, you know, walking dead is good at bringing these topics that are not easily figured out one way or the other. In my mind, fake it till you make it can be a good thing. But also if you're, I've already talked about this on the podcast, but if you have two rose colored glasses on, then you could wade into a bad situation. I think that's mm-hmm. what he feels like he did. And then, and Carol even mentioned at one point during this episode, something about I, I, when they were reading all the messages that they were writing to each other, uh, she was narrating that, you know, they thought that they had won and then they walked into the open and got ambushed. And I'm like, yeah, you walked into the open. You should have been yeah. smarter than that. And maybe being so cocky about their, chances led them into being a little bit stupid yep 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 and yet they didn't know that that's where the giant cache of guns were were, was at yeah it was just bad luck in part bad luck bad information and um and carol was smart you know she she went inside to check it out just to be sure she you know she's a very good strategist i'd like to think that there's a lesson in there that yeah. You know, faking it until you making it make it is good, but don't don't be stupid about it, you know? You still have to understand the reality of the situation and act accordingly, you know? If you just pretend that everything is all right 
without taking a good look at whether it is or not, then you're going to walk into a bad situation like that at some point or another. Right, right. Although right now I'm doing a lot of the act normal till it is um, because of, um, uh, you know, your dad, what happened with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of, I hosted four events since he passed and um, these were things that I couldn't, I couldn't help. And couldn't get out of it. Scheduled. Yeah. Nope. Couldn't get out of any of them, and um, and didn't want to. But it, I knew that you know I had to sort of just act normal, and um, and it, it it's been okay. But a- after you know, after a certain point, you have to also let yourself grieve. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. You have to, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't. I mean, I think it's impossible to. I don't know. It just keep faking that you're okay when you don't feel okay it's not good for your soul (laughs) no it's it's not that's a little yeah i guess that's kind of what i'm getting at i mean there's a difference between i guess rising to the situation and just being blind to reality you know yes like you have to rise to the situation no matter what or else you're going to fail right but if you just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, I, I think you kind of get what I'm getting at. I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your number? Um, also, you said, or I, w- I just want to exhaust this topic because it's one of my sure. points too. I liked that when Ezekiel said Carol made him feel real. And yeah. I wondered if that was because. You know, one of the first things that happened between them was that she saw through him. Right. And I had always speculated or thought that Ezekiel might feel lonely because he's playing a role with his people a lot of the times. And she saw the real guy underneath, you know? So it could mean that. But it could also mean that she believed in him and so made him feel like, hey, what I'm doing here and pretending to be a king, I actually am a king. Um, But I think it's more the first one, actually. (laughs) <laughs> she, it could be both too yeah it could be both i think it's both but I, it just you know when someone sees really sees you that's a good feeling sometimes yes. it can be scary <laughs> yeah you know yeah. what i mean but I it, especially if they're supportive of what they see then it's just great it's the best yeah yeah right? like david they- i'm sure he sees you <laughs> <laughs> he does oh he does um I hope they, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, kinda, me too. I'm kind of an Ezekiel Carroll <laughs> shipper, but yeah. yeah, I don't care. I love the two of them. I love them together. I, I think they did great. Yeah. I hope that happens. That would be natural, organic to the show. It wouldn't feel like a yep. soap opera pairing to nope. me at this point. Earned. Totally earned. Another thing I really love about this whole thing is that when Carol first encountered Ezekiel, her first reaction was to go to to say to Morgan, you got to be shitting me. What is this? <laughs> and now she's in there almost begging him, please be the king. <laughs> you yes. Know? Yeah. So she's totally turned around on that. Yep. And that's, yep. I love that. Me too. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing, one last Carol thing is, I think it's hilarious that she's the reluctant sort of Pied Piper that kids follow her around. <laughs> Get away, God. <laughs> <laughs> she can't shake him, man. She's got little Psycho Henry who's... Yeah. Who's like, you know, I want to go out and do battle. Avenge my brother. But the cool thing about that is that 
Little Henry is played by Maxon Lintz, who uh-huh. is Madison Lintz's brother who played Sophia. And yes. when she's yelling at him, she's like, you know what happens to little g- kids that go out into the woods? They get lost and they come back zombies or dead or whatever. Yeah. That's he, he. She's talking about his sister. Yes, which is crazy. Yeah. It works on a couple of it's levels. Kind of meta, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my number five is Sadiq and Carl. Yes, this was. Well, I really liked the whole Carol Ezekiel sequence, but I think this might have been my favorite sequence, uh-huh. which is awesome. I love you know Chandler. I think he's he's doing better. He's become a better actor. And you know what? I have to say, I love that guy's voice. His voice yeah. got deeper. He's and becoming I like a man. It. Yeah. Know? He seems more adult now, mm-hmm. which is appropriate because there's this theme of honoring your parents. And Sadiq says his mom thought, you know, you should kill the zombies to free their souls, which yep. I'm like, yes, I'm always saying, you know, I'm not, yeah. this isn't my uh, spiritual perspective so much as maybe a scientific one, but I'm afraid that they're having this eternal suffering somewhere yes. deep down. And uh, so I kind of like the idea, especially if it's someone you care about, you should yes. make sure to destroy their brain. But um, anyways, then, you know, Carl talks about honoring his parents too. He, he says his mom told him to do what's right. And that's why he's helping Sadiq. And you remember when she told him that, right? Oh, when she was dying. Yes. I know you oh. do what's right. And oh. that that just brought that whole scene back to me, which is emotional. <clears throat> and then he gives Sadiq the water. And when Sadiq's just desperately drinking it down, Carl has a smile on his face like, I just did the right thing. I just did a yes, good thing. Exactly. And and I love it when characters are kind to each other and, mm-hmm. and Sadiq seems kind and he seems good hearted. He does. So He's a little nice. like fight or flight. So there were times when I was like, oh, is this going to turn around on Carl? Yeah, <laughs> but, right, right. But I also got a Glenn vibe from him at times. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. And I love him and I, I hope that he's, uh, he kind of looked like Gareth a little bit too, but yeah. um. I want him to become a major character because I like him so far. Is he in the comic? He is. Yeah. Ah, okay. And, uh, oh you boy. Don't have to say no, I'm just kidding. I don't want to say anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, when he said he's killed 237 walkers, Carl's like, really? Oh, yeah. I like that. Um, but I thought, you know, and that's because he wants to kill them all to free their souls. But if they've been around, I mean, who knows how long the zombie apocalypse has gone. It seems like it could be anywhere from two to eight years or something. Right. But, uh, yeah. He uh, still, even let's say it's it's got to be at least three years that uh, that's that's not as many as it could be if he's like trying to kill every walker he sees. You know. Yes. Right. Exactly. And it is um. Yeah, his walker trap of the plastic bag I thought was great. And also, wow, zombies are stupid. (laughs) Yeah, although it's kind of interesting that Carl is suddenly in mortal danger. Just trying to kill a couple of walkers. (laughs) That doesn't totally make sense. (laughs) I like it, though. I I like it when the zombies um, put our characters in real peril. So... Uh, it's fun when when the zombies seem to have for a second the upper hand. Most of the time, it's 
to me is like, ah, oh, you're so stupid for getting into that situation. <laughs> That's how, how I you feel. You let yourself get yeah. near the bitey end. Yeah. Why is that zombie on top of you? <laughs> Another one's coming over from the side. Right. But uh, I rationalized it by saying, well, Carl's not used to having to kill all the zombie. He just has to kill enough to get away. <laughs> there. Yes. Anyway, I think that was the point. Um, and then uh, at some point, you know, when he asked him the three questions to decide whether he should be allowed into the community, why did you kill one person? And Sadiq said the dead tried to kill him, but didn't. I was like, what does that mean? But I guess it just meant that person got bit. Yes. Right? Yeah. That don't must get be it. Bit. We, don't get bit. Hey, we say we it all the time. Say. Apparently, people don't listen. Mm. I don't know. There's no <laughs> internet, no podcasts. <laughs> and apparently, no quote unquote zombies. That's right. <laughs> okay, your turn. Number four. Actually, okay, so mine was going to be Carl and Sadiq. Mm-hmm. So. Anything else about, I mean, I, I just like that guy. No, mm-hmm. I, you said you said it. I agree. I'm excited that we have a new character. Uh, hopefully, yeah, he may one die next. next episode. We had Morales yeah, for <laughs> one and a half episodes. Yeah, that that's true too. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, there was a character in the comics named Holly who was around for I don't know how many issues, but I'm guessing at least a couple of years worth of the comic. And they mentioned her a couple of times in the show and then killed her without her ever having a line. So that's Robert Kirkman (laughs) saying, ha ha, I got you, got you guys. (laughs) So I was like, oh, cool, we get to see Holly. Oh, she's dead. Oh, didn't even say anything. (laughs) Damn it. Thanks, Kirkman. (laughs) Uh, So my number four is The Prisoners. Is that one of your points at all? The, you mean the, uh, oh, The Prisoners? No. Okay. No. Well, uh, let's see. I liked when in the beginning of the episode, you could see that they are all giving each other messages. Yes. And um, Maggie says in hers, things got complicated. Jesus took prisoners. We're holding them till we decide what to do, till I decide, which I liked. You know, it's her just Taking charge. reinforcing that yeah she's in the leadership role right now and so we see all the prisoners are sitting outside the wall around the hilltop and they're guarded by armed people and they have their hands tied up and jesus is handing out turnips <laughs> which i liked <laughs> beggars can't be choosers no i really can't i wouldn't even know how to eat a raw turnip just i guess you just dig in it, yeah. yeah i mean i don't even know what they taste like all right next episode you and i will eat turnips while we podcast. raw turnips <laughs> i wonder if that's in the cookbook just so yeah yeah it will be um so the how the prisoners are dealing well we kind of got um two different sides there's this guy trying to schmooze with jesus and you know i thought yeah here's another guy that probably seems nice but will turn out to be a psycho asshole Uh uh-huh well the verdict is still out but when jared the confirmed psycho asshole uh-huh. was talking uh-huh. to him he's like these guys aren't gonna kill us they're uh we're gonna take over this place and and, yes. and the guy i think the he the fact that he confided that in the guy i don't know who knows with jared but it made me wonder if the guy would go along with you know he probably would he'd probably if negan came in and took over the place he'd be like yeah Right, <laughs> the short hair guy you mean yeah yeah so there's a long hair guy and a short hair guy and jared is guy. the long haired guy that he's looks like rj guy. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about the short yes. guy because he's the only one where we don't know for sure. Where he stands. If he's, yeah, he, well, he, he was yeah. trying to say, oh, I was just, you know, kind of there and somebody took over and then somebody else took over and I wasn't paying attention because they were feeding me and I'm innocent, basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that could be true. I mean, that's kind of been my whole point about these guys that half right. of them probably are just afraid and they're just trying to survive. Yep. Just like just all of us. <laughs> got, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe. We'll see. But one thing's for sure. It's hard to imagine when Maggie was talking about killing all the prisoners as she was holding that little baby. She's like, she's like, yeah, you know, um, if, you know, we could use them as, as a prisoner swap, which I've mentioned before. Yes, you did. Or, um, you know, we have to kill them. At the, at the end of this mm -hmm. and she's holding a little baby and talking about basic I mean there's like 30 of them it looked like there was quite a few I know and I'm like are you really, really gonna just execute 30 people the gallows I mean it, yeah that seems that seems harsh and it seems harsh and uh and they surrendered right yeah I mean at gunpoint but yeah <laughs> I mean so, yeah and she said if we can't use them as yeah as, as bargaining chips or trades right we have to kill them all so that right. she, it sounded like she had made up her mind that oh. they're not she doesn't think of them in terms of being humans it, they're just bargaining and Which if they can't use them they're going to oh, kill them that's terrible isn't it I yeah think so. yeah and uh I, I so that brings up the theme for me possibly the fog of revenge. So Maggie really just I think is so angry at Negan for killing Glenn that maybe that's just like yes. anyone who had anything to do with him dead to me. So, well, yes, Daryl feels that way too. Yes, with well, th there was that conversation between Tara and Daryl about Dwight and. Uh, Tara said she wanted to be the one to kill him because yeah. uh, he killed Denise. And yeah. Daryl said, well, can't we both do it? And then it was, it was kind of funny to me that Daryl like crashes into that truck full of speakers. Yeah. Goes over, shoots the <laughs> yes. woman who's in the driver's yeah. seat, then walks over yeah. to Michonne and goes, so those were saviors, huh? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, actually, that was my friend. Oh, yeah. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> we, we, we were going to have a party with the speakers. Fog of war. <laughs> yeah, fog of war. You just have to say that and then you're hashtag fog of war, then you're excused. <laughs> but one last thing that has to do with the um, saviors, I mean, the prisoners, is the newest prisoner, Gregory, which I just yeah. love that whole through line. Gregory's yes. in Maggie's office trying to talk to her you know hey we're gonna have to kill these people it's funny because she ended up taking his advice but i thought oh yeah maybe she's letting him in there because even though she doesn't like him it's lonely at the top and she might want to talk to somebody who used to be the leader and um he keeps you know oh, you gotta kill him you gotta kill him and then all of a sudden turns around and he was saying uh, you got to get the sheep, uh, the wolf out of the, the wolf away from the sheep. the sheep. And she's like, I, I used to work on a farm and I know wolves and sheep. 
And then all of a sudden he's a prisoner. And that was a great moment because not only was it a nice twist and like, oh, shit, but also I believed it. You know, it wasn't. And I even support it. He's a weasel. He He should be in there with them. And also he did a great job acting that out, just bawling his head off. Props to Xander Berkeley for just throwing himself into that role. He's so great. I love him. him for doing that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And I love that Gregory walks around in a suit jacket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, funny. dude, if Gregory could really read the room, he would make himself scarce for a little while. Yes. You know? He He cannot. He, he even had a car. You know, he had a car. He he had a means of escape. But uh he 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 he's, can't last outside. Uh he can't last out. In the I mean, world. I mean even just go into he your the room. the compound. And yes, just exactly. don't, you know, rock the boat. How about just be quiet for a yeah, while? Yeah, maybe yeah. start do some gardening or help around the place. Yeah, <laughs> and, and ingratiate yourself in, you know, some yeah. really subtle way. Yeah, clean some stuff. Right. right. Or just sit quietly in your room with a book. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so instead he's like in her ear the whole time. <laughs> That's Get in there what with happens, the other man. prisoners. <laughs> so anyway, that's my number four. My number three is a lot of good guys, a lot of our guys going off script this episode and veering away from the plan, capital T, capital P. Um, this this lauded plan that we still really don't know what the next step is. Yeah, we know um, one part is for Rick to march into the enemy territory captured. without any backup. Right, and get stripped <laughs> down and, and locked up. We do know that, Yes. But um, we also saw a lot of our heroes deciding that they have a better plan than the plan, including, and I'm going to list them out here, Aaron and Enid. So Aaron uh, sort of stomps away from Maggie's office after Maggie said, we're going to have to pretty much kill them all. So he goes away. Enid follows and he says to her, um, I've got to go take care of some stuff. And she said, I'm coming with you. And he said, pack your bag because it mm. might be a while. She goes, where are you going? He goes, to make sure we win. To make sure we win. What does that mean? Who knows? Mm-hmm. So it's their own plan. So Aaron and Enid. Then there's Tara and Daryl. So uh, Daryl decides he's got to go off and Tara comes with him. And um, good thing, too, because they showed up at a a very opportune moment um, to smash into the speakers, as we've mentioned. So there's that. (laughs) Then there's... Patented Walking Dead Deus Ex Machina moment. (laughs) (laughs) They just happen to be at the right place in the right time. Mm -hmm. Nicely done, writers. Um, Then we have Michonne and Rosita. Um, who have decided that it's been uh, exactly 36 hours. It's been a day and a half, and they've lived every second of it wondering, wondering. So they can't take it anymore. They <laughs> run out of patience and uh, hop into the um You the said endless... you wanted to see Michonne. I did, and yeah. I was very happy to see Michonne. Yeah. They hop into the endless um, gasoline mobiles, one of them, and um, went off on a joyride. Um, but then, uh, at, and actually, Michonne and Rosita's Adventure is one of my other numbers. So um, I just wanted to mention they're going off script. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Carl, who goes to find Sadiq, going off script, his dad told him, leave that guy alone, and Carl can't. So that's another, you know, you were told this is what the plan is, and he can't stick to it. And that's pretty much it. So yeah. those are my groups that have decided to go rogue. And Daryl and Rosita and Michonne and Tara all came together. And yeah, now they're about love. to do something. Daryl's like, they are. we're going to find out. And we don't know, but it's at the sanctuary. Yep. A plan within a plan. One thing I didn't quite get is it, I got the impression that Carol was going off because the little boy, uh, Henry, was like, are you going to fight the saviors by yourself? I'm coming with you. And then she, okay, take this gun eventually. And then they end up coming back with a big shotgun or something to try to break into where Ezekiel is. So was she just going to get her big gun? No, I thought she was. Um, I thought the whole thing was she is going to go to the sanctuary in two days to meet Rick and everybody else. That's what I thought is that she's she's sticking to the plan. But she, but you know, she was going off, and she goes, "Don't follow me." And then he goes, oh. "I'm going to follow you." And then she's like, "We'll take this gun." And he had asked her, "Are you going to the Saviors on your own?" And I don't think she answered. And then you see her back at Ezekiel's after that. So. <laughs> With the big oh, shotgun. So I don't I know. Like, what? I'm kind of confused about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I wonder about that is, so Rick is in the middle of uh, Heapsterville. And <laughs> you, he said, all of my people know I'm here. And what they do next depends on what you do right now. And right. then they lock him up. And all his people are like off on their own little missions. <laughs> it yes. seems like. Who's left? Yes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, maybe that there's a plan, so maybe there's maybe the uh, Oceanside gals <laughs> are in on it. I don't know, man. Yeah, we don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe the Oceanside people will fight the heapsters and kill each other. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, so mean. <laughs> so maybe if he doesn't show up in in two days at the sanctuary. They'll get suspicious and um, yeah, go out I mean, that's what him, I assumed, you know, that's yeah. what he said. But they're all putting themselves in mortal danger when Rick is relying on them to be available to maybe help him out. Can I, can we just talk about Rick for a minute, including Michonne, and, his girlfriend? Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> can we talk about Rick and the trash heapsters? Yeah, sure, for, for just a moment. Uh, okay, so. When when first we see Jadis with a smock on and nothing else, sculpting, naked. because everybody sculpts naked. <laughs> <laughs> They're and, weird. And uh, I'm like, you know, I can see, I can see painting naked, but sculpting naked, you know, um, okay. I think it's it was a, hot. It's a yeah, okay. It's a, it's a <laughs> garbage dump, though. I mean, there's just tetanus all around. I know, flies and everything. Who am I? You think they'd be all getting locked jaw left and right. Maybe that's why they have such a hard time they, talking. They don't talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have a mild like, case of lockjaw. jaw. <laughs> <laughs> she says, shot you. And he's like, oh, you're right. You graze me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think was uh, to appease the fans who were like, how can he move around so much? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Well, remember I, I was like, didn't Janice shoot Rick? <laughs> and um, turns out she just grazed him. Yeah. Of course, they wrote all that before. They just knew we would yes. be complaining. So they're like, let's just point it out so people know. 
And I think maybe Rick was insinuating that he thought Jadis did that on purpose, where oh. Jadis could have had a clean shot, but decided to just, you know, have it be a flesh wound. And that's and he, he appreciated that because she was I, I right, think, right next to him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really because she insisted twice that she shot him. I think she really thought she shot him. <laughs> well, I think she was just trying to say, hey, I don't you know, why should we trust you? I I. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's a good question. Why should Rick trust them? Why does he think that this is a great strategy? He gets locked up in his boxer shorts or whatever in a shipping container, which was funny because then she writes the letter A A. on the outside. Doesn't that remind you of Terminus? Terminus and also Daryl locked up in Sanctuary. Yes. He had an A, which we later found out that the writer's thought that standard for asshole (laughs) (laughs) so uh it's it's a it's a weird little strategy i mean is this part of rick's plan to get locked up i don't know um i think i mean what i was wondering is why does he think he needs them and uh i thought that he just wanted to maybe make sure that they didn't come in and be against rick i guess but uh dude yeah how could you trust him because last time he thought they were on his side and they turned against him so yeah yeah it, it's a little weird and then to just walk in there by by himself i mean it kind of reminds me of um jesus handing morgan's weapon back to him a couple episodes ago like look i'm i'm presenting myself vulnerably before you i'm counting that you'll the best of you will come out. But that's different between two friends, Morgan and Jesus versus uh, Rick and Jadis, who he doesn't really know her. And all he knows is that she betrayed him big time. So it's not a smart move. I, I wouldn't, I, I've talked about, I think it's good to be vulnerable sometimes, but I thought that was pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the whole thing is, they could have just like, killed him right there. I'm really hoping that he's playing, he's playing on the long con, you know, like he's got a really that he wasn't great... surprised that they locked him up that that was all right. part of the plan. That's part of I don't the plan. Know. He looked I'm... surprised. Did he look surprised? He was like, "Whoa, whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> if he looks surprised, he's an idiot. Because of course, when you go in there by yourself with no backup, saying, uh, "We want you to be on our side," here's some here's some Polaroids. What I mean, he just said, like yeah. Well, no, I mean, he said, "Look, the the saviors are all." Uh, boxed in by walkers and we're going to go in and destroy them or they'll surrender. So you can be on our side or we'll destroy you too. Now, who knows whether he would have the ability to destroy them too, but he knows that they're kind of mercenary. And so I think he thought that that deal would appeal to them that you know, they would want to side with the people who are going to come out rather than go and try to save the underdogs. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point it does, at least the way Rick presented it seem like the saviors are the underdogs. seems like they're mostly just trapped. And they're, and they're trapped so hard that they um, probably Negan can't get out to even orchestrated deal yeah. with the heaters. Yeah. Because I know this is one of your points later on, but um the two saviors that encountered um Michonne and, and uh Rosita 
were saying were talking about what was going on like they didn't really know but they were trying to piece it together well we saw the rv and right it was all blown up and they had yeah. a bunch of walkers so they haven't had any communication i guess is my point yep all right let's take a little break and talk about our sponsor this week it's fracture and this is like the best time of year to talk about fracture we <laughs> fracture is our sponsor all year long but like right around now is the time to go to their website because it's Christmas time. It's the holidays, Hanukkah and everything else. And they are experiencing really high volume right now. So if you want to get one of the best gifts that you can get your loved ones, you better hurry up. <laughs> and well it said. What is a fracture? Well, it's a print. It's a your photos printed on a pane of glass and they make really thoughtful and unique gifts. Uh, it's great because it is totally thoughtful and unique and it's easy. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of, it's a win-win situation. They're also handmade in Gainesville, Florida from U.S. sourced materials, which I like. And their design is really sleek and it goes with any decor. They're really simple to order. Um, they're simple when you get them. They come ready to display right out of the box. They even have the wall hanger included right on the product. Fractures a green company. They're operating a carbon neutral factory. Did you know that? I didn't. That's fantastic. That's awesome. So we totally recommend going and get one now for somebody on your gift list if you want to do that, go to fracture.me and say 15% off your first fracture order with our exclusive code DEAD15, D-E-A-D-15. So that's the highest discount that they've ever given us for to give out with a code DEAD15. Go to fracture.me. And uh, yeah, that's great. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Fracture. Okay, my number three is the plan that you talked about. Uh, did we already pretty much cover that? I mean, he went to the garbage people. He wanted uh -huh. them to help him probably, I think, because he just didn't want them coming in and being against him. He said he basically said, help us or destroy it or we'll destroy you. You're with yes. us or, yeah. or against us. And uh, then she said no. And that was actually a great moment for me because she smiled a little bit and I thought maybe she would say yes. And she said no. <laughs> I was like, oh shit and I was kind of worried for Rick I was like oh I think I really felt like this is where his plan went awry I yeah I, I've said it before I, I don't know what he was thinking <laughs> I hope I hope this is part of his plan because if not it's dumb yeah <laughs> it might be dumb <laughs> it does it feels real dumb right now that to do I mean we'll see we can, the jury's out but what's the contingency plan he said his people knew and so maybe that's where aaron's going is he the contingency plan aaron and needed <laughs> they, they they just up and left like yeah. they i think they were going to the sanctuary i don't know i don't know what the contingency is i think everyone's going to the sanctuary meanwhile um you know rick is sweaty in a box <laughs> right <laughs> We'll see. I guess we'll see. I'm, I mean, I can't wait to find out. If the next episode was available right now, I would go watch it. Me too. That's There's two sign. more left. Yeah. Two mm -hmm. more left. Two mm -hmm. more left. Okay. What's your number one? 
okay. number two or whatever we're on. Uh, whatever we're on. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, I, I only have one left. Um, Me too. My last one is uh, Michonne and Rosita. And it was great to see both of them again. And uh, I loved the fact that they went to the warehouse and had this the skirmish in the warehouse but my very favorite moment was when the dude who i guess his name is leo i think that's what the woman he was with said to him leo go back to the sanctuary or whatever mm-hmm. and um i love that he comes up and he's confronted with rosita and rosita is holding the rpg and he says to her baby girl you're not gonna <laughs> use that thing and then he gets completely right evaporated it was <laughs> just yeah so coming great. off so douchey probably uh-huh. ended that dude's life if he yes. would have maybe just said i don't know maybe he couldn't have said anything but maybe like he couldn't have said anything oh 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 please don't kill me i don't know yes. anything else but baby but it girl too it was it was the <laughs> most douchey comment yeah. followed by the most amazing evaporation of a character it was so great i mean I it was know. like he 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 vanished in a puff of smoke yeah i wanted to see like body parts flying I, oh, it I was a little too it. much of a vaporization oh, for me I maybe that's how it would really be so but much. it was like and nothing else around maybe there's a little like black smudge on the floor but it was just like perfectly like his poof. body just poof poof oh. <laughs> It's so great. And like I'm not I dream sure of I... Jeannie came in and just made it right, disappear. Exactly. It was like the cleanest death. <laughs> um, I also like the fact that they found a cache of weapons. Um, but it, it made me wonder how many other weapon caches there are out there. But they've got now a nice cache of weapons, uh, including a rocket launcher. So, yay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there must be a few more rounds for it, right? Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. This was my least favorite sequence i just was having a hard time feeling invested in what was going to happen to michonne and rosita for some reason and it took me a while to really understand like why was the opera music playing if they were going to use that to lure the (laughs) zombies away from the sanctuary but it was playing that's what they heard you know uh, michonne and why were they playing it in the same spot where they were going to get supplies from the cash, but yet it wasn't playing when they, it's like a ice cream truck. It only plays while it's moving or something. No, that <laughs> I don't know. And then, um, yeah, I just was sort of like, I'm not exactly sure about the logistics of this. And then the guy blowing up just felt a little bit too cartoony to me. And then the deus ex machina with Daryl and the speakers and <laughs> shoots the guy, a girl, and then asks if she was, a savior and (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that was my number one but that was the part that i was just the least interested in of the of the episode i'll take a good vaporization (laughs) of a guy who leads with um baby girl anytime somebody leads with baby girl in my head they're vaporized it just to me that felt like they wanted us to go, oh, yeah, too, a little too much. I did it, They man. were asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. It worked on you. It did. <laughs> I think it worked on a lot of people, too. Okay, any notes? Nope. Uh, oh, I, I'm sorry. I take it back. Yes, um, I did like that Jadis said that um, after Rick was marched off, I love that she said that he talks too much. Talks too much. <laughs> Their whole thing is about being efficient and recycling 
you know, she's making like a trash sculpture. A cat, I think. Yeah, maybe it was inspired by Shiva. And uh, I feel like their group is based on this theory or idea of, you know, they they reuse everything. They're economical with their language, but it seems kind of kind of dumb in real life. You know, it's an interesting yes. idea, but in in practice, it's like, yeah. and it reminds me of the the cigarette smoking people on the leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who just smoked cigarette and never said a the, word and kept remnant. writing things down on pads all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Let's see. Uh, seeing Michonne and Denai Guerrero, I, I couldn't help but think, oh, I guess she's done with her Black Panther filming now. She's a different person because she's <laughs> she's done a Marvel movie. <laughs> I wonder how that's affected her. Hmm. Is that really what you thought? Yeah, that's that's that was the most important. I mean, interesting part of that sequence to me was that thought. <laughs> um let's see and then i it was good to see aaron with the baby i mean he, he was obviously so broken up and sad about eric but still good to see him taking care of that baby i think it was funny he's like i still uh i still you know forget that aaron's gone and i'm thinking what has it been like five hours <laughs> <laughs> i know literally that day that's yes. a good point. <laughs> I'm sure at hour six, you'll be all over it. <laughs> but right now at hour five, it's hard. <laughs> hard to forget. <laughs> what was his name again? Okay, that's it for now. Let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Okay, a few things in the news today. First, I guess people came out with this sexiest man alive issue and Jeffrey Dean Morgan was included in a list of the sexiest fathers. He has a seven-year-old son named Augustus. They call him Gus with actress Hillary Burton. He says, I think that being a dad has been the greatest gift that I've ever had in my life and I'm very aware that I just want him to have the best life possible. I mean, everything can be a great moment as a dad, especially when I'm gone as much as I am. I work a lot, man. Those weekends at home with him are the greatest. I I took him on a zombie cruise last year, which was fun. (laughs) So he um, went on to describe the trip and he said his son got in over his head when he was asked to be turned into a zombie. Quote, all he wanted to do was get zombie makeup put on. So he did. And he looked in the mirror at the reflection and he fainted. (laughs) we probably won't do realistic zombie makeup again for a little while but it was a heck of an experience and we still giggle about it you know (laughs) wow (laughs) oh that's so sad (laughs) (laughs) 
So maybe not getting any Father of the Year awards. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's not his fault. This kid asked for it. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was sweet. That's Next. Sweet. So, oh no, I already talked about this. It's I was going to mention how little Henry was Max Madison Lintz's brother. Yep. So this last one, only a few this week, is a big spoiler, although I think it's really hard to avoid. But if you have managed to avoid finding out who the upcoming crossover character between Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead is, and you don't want to know, then definitely skip to the next section because we're going to talk about it right now. So I'll give you just a couple seconds here. <clears throat> they announced it, by the way, on um, The Talking Dead. Yeah, and you watched that, huh? I did. So yeah. who is it? It's Morgan. Morgan. I was shocked. I I didn't even consider him. Yeah. Yeah, that w- yeah. he wasn't in the um any any of the names that we had sort of batted around. I know. But I'm interested. I mean, one thing that I was a little worried about is that uh Fear the Walking Dead has been so m- much more grounded and feels more gritty and real world than the walking dead is more comic booky and over the top and care uh morgan is he's kind of i guess you could say he's comic booky but i i could see him fitting into that world Uh, okay abraham i i couldn't see it and i we always thought i thought i thought it would be abraham so i'm interested to see what it'll be but logistically they're over on the west coast and we saw Morgan in Atlanta in the first episode of the sh- series. And then we saw him again in season three in Clear uh-huh. when he was all whacked out. And then <laughs> we saw him in season five when he was on the road to Terminus with everybody. And then he was kind of peppered throughout there. And then in starting in season six, he was a regular character. Right. So um, it would either have to be between season three and season five or probably between season one and season three, in which case I wonder if his son would be with him. Oh, that's interesting. And by the way, do you want to know anything about, uh, can I can I spoil something yeah. that they said on The Talking Dead? Yeah, the, you guys, this is um, well, even a little bit more spoilery, not just who the character is, but something about how they're going to do it. So if you don't, if you don't want to hear any more, you should skip ahead. Skip ahead. <laughs> okay, so ahead. they showed him in front of the Texas State Capitol in Austin, Texas. Oh, where they're filming. That's not what I thought you were going to say. What I thought you were oh. going to say is that they've revealed, and I don't know if it was on Talking Dead or not because I didn't see it, but that Morgan will be going off of The Walking Dead this season. You know what? I don't think that's what. That's what they said. I thought that um, Chris Hardwick read a statement saying there's more Morgan on The Walking Dead. Yeah, there's more. There, there will. They're not just going to suddenly not show him anymore. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. So he's still going to be on The Walking Dead. Yeah, until, I mean, for at least one more episode. <laughs> yeah, on The yeah. Walking Dead, not Fear The Walking Dead. Morgan will not be on The Walking Dead anymore after this season. Oh. But he will be on after this episode. Oh. On- At least that's what I read. So I read that Morgan will be going off of The Walking Dead this season and he'll be going over to Fear. And if Fear stays earlier in the timeline, then we'll see Morgan 
uh, earlier in his life, but after we first met him, which I think that's what will happen because they've been hinting that fear is going to be moving to Texas. And so, you know, I don't know. I guess they could still skip ahead in time and have it be in Texas. But I think it would probably be in Morgan's past. I thought that Chris Hardwick said he's still got a lot to do on The Walking Dead. Yeah, he might. You know, there's still eight, nine, ten more episodes this season. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know how long he's going to be around, but I think I read that Fear is filming now. Yeah. Just starting to. And so, you know, I don't know what episode they're on for filming The Walking Dead, but uh, they may have already filmed the whole season or be coming up towards the end. Right. So he, you know, I, I, I think Morgan could go out at any time and I think he could die or he could just leave, leave, you know, he's been known to go off on his own. (laughs) He has been known to go off on his own. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Or he found the cheese maker. One guy on Twitter I thought was funny at the Miguel show said, Morgan going to fear is still not enough for me to tune into fear. Nice try, (laughs) The Walking Dead. Now, if they would have taken Carol, then I would have tuned in for sure. You know what, though? I'm going to totally watch Morgan on Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're going to bother doing that, you should definitely check out season uh, three. three, Oh, three. With all the water dam and all that stuff yes you're up you're right yeah i mean i recommend it because it's great i it's so good there's some really really good ones in there hey <laughs> and then i can listen to your podcast <laughs> yeah yeah okay uh that's it for the news now it's time for listener moans groans and grunts uh- okay these first couple are about last week's episode and i thought they were interesting This first one comes from Danielle Dement Eust, who writes, There seems to be a lot of confusion about the guns. Rick and Daryl's mission was to stop the guns. The point was to keep the guns from being taken to the sanctuary, allowing the saviors to reclaim their territory from the walkers and regain their footing. This is all the guns in the truck last week that that Rick blew up. Right. The guns, and and basically this is Danielle telling us we're wrong. The guns weren't where they were supposed to be, having just been transferred to another outpost the day before the attack. After their interaction with Todd, they learned where the guns had been transferred and headed there. The guns had been transferred to the outpost the the Kingdomers were responsible for taking out, which resulted in the Kingdomers being taken by surprise. Basically, their intel from Dwight was wrong, and it got the Kingdomers killed. Okay, so Daryl and Rick arrive at the outpost just in time to see one of the saviors speeding off in a jeep, and they follow. As a matter of course, all saviors are to be stopped, and since they knew the guns were now at uh, at this outpost. Any saviors leaving could potentially be taking the guns to the sanctuary. In fact, they were. But the mission was not to get the guns. It was to stop the guns from getting to the sanctuary. Um, is that... It, it, I mean... <laughs> is that what the... Uh, what the... Um, what the spoken intention was i'm not sure but it kind of makes sense i mean our whole thing was that it was really lame of rick to blow up all the guns and it seemed like he did it on accident and oh and also that i kept saying well all those uh kingdom people died for nothing but 
if it's true, and I believe it, why shouldn't I, that the point was to stop the guns from getting to the saviors, you know, because they're locked in with all these walkers and they could use the guns to get out, I guess. Uh, who knows why they don't actually have guns there. But um, then, you know, that means the kingdom people did not die for nothing because they yeah. succeeded in their plan to stop the guns from getting there. Now that still, the guns would have been damn helpful for Rick and everybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, this next one is from Pilo, who says, you guys, Rick threw explosives into the truck purposely so they'd be destroyed and Daryl couldn't attack as planned. Um, I went back and watched and Daryl's plan was to take the dynamite and blow open sanctuary so that the walkers would get in and attack everybody. And so I think Rick was trying to get rid of the dynamite, not the guns, but he may have thrown the dynamites into what looked like a sparking fire in the truck, knowing that it would blow up the guns and being, and he maybe was willing to sacrifice the guns just to get rid of the dynamite too. Um, but I think that's what he did. I think he actually did that on, on purpose to, just to get rid of that dynamite. So Daryl couldn't go in and do his plan. Yeah. And that makes sense. And uh, yeah, that actually does make sense. Thanks. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's better to find out that we were wrong and they're not as stupid as we thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with being wrong about something like that. We're, but we're just as stupid as we thought as, we were. As we and you and everyone thought we were. <laughs> okay, now the rest of these are about this week's episode. Sarima so Joe writes, things I liked. Carl referring to what Lori told him before she died. Carol referring to Sophia getting lost in the woods and what happened to her. Remember what Carl was like, Carol was like back then? Yeah, that's so crazy to think about Carol back then. Uh, naked Rick in a box. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime Carol and King Ezekiel are in the scene together, it is winning. The rest was meh, I, and I hate that. I actually thought once, I stopped playing Tomb Raider to watch this. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Raymond Joe. Not such a crazy thought. Will Schlitzy said, Rosita with an RPG, I expected Fonzie to jump over the trucks on his motorcycle. So ridiculous. And yet I smile. <laughs> I like that. That's great. Brad Holt writes, another great episode. Loved it when Gregory told Maggie to build a gallows. Um, can you say foreshadowing? <laughs> Not sure <laughs> what Rick has up his sleeve with the heapsters, but I'm sure he didn't walk into there just to be captured. Okay, good. That's good. Um, the scene with Carol and Ezekiel was very powerful. I also thought the voiceover narration of the letters to each other was a nice touch. Me too. Scott, Scott mm, Gimple <laughs> promised the fans an action-packed season 8A and has delivered each week so far. Oh, and it's time for Carol to lose the hat. Carl, oh. sorry. Carl lose the hat. Is it? He's so iconic. Yeah, I like it on him. I do too. He, he it's one of those things where he, he just pulls it off. Just <laughs> even though, yeah, you know, some people can pull off stuff like that. Like if you stuck that hat on um, Aaron, be like, take Couldn't that off, off, dude. Yeah. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, like the one time when I wore, when I was in fourth grade and I wore a uh, bandana around my neck to school and uh, <laughs> everyone kept telling me to take it off. <laughs> Did you, had you just seen Urban Cowboy and that's why you did that? I think I was trying to look like a gangster. Oh. I don't huh. know. Yeah, huh. maybe it was around my head. 
that would make more sense. I don't know. Like you'd just seen some sort of hairband video and Yeah. (laughs) Poison or something. Right. (laughs) I don't remember. All I remember is everyone's like, dude, just take that off. And finally it was like, all right, I succumbed to the pressure. (laughs) Josh Svianovich says, What the damn hell was Rick thinking? I enjoyed the episode and have been liking season eight a lot, but come on, really? I'm hoping that this plays out well, but with everything he knew about the Garbage Pail Kids, how in the world did he think they would be on board? Maybe he didn't. Plus, uh, Rosita must have beaten Resident Evil 2 quickly enough to unlock the RPG launcher at the beginning of the game. Good for her. Thank you for the Resident Evil 2 reference. I love it. Good for her. Seeing saviors gratuitously blown up is always satisfying. Mm-hmm. Matt Whitehurst says, we have seen uh, keeping prisoners alive on the show before. When it happened before, we were questioning it. But now it seems to be clear that there are a few people you you can't trust while they are still alive. Jared and Gregory. It sounds like uh, the Shane is in me is talking. And it is. But I can be reasonable. Just get rid of Jared and Gregory and use them as an example to the others. <laughs> what happens when they do anything stupid? I especially agree about um, Jared. He has shown he wouldn't even take the turnip like and he's just. Dude, take the fucking turnip. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, it's not because of that, but he's just every chance he gets, he's uh, um, antagonizing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, He might be a good one to make an example of. Yes. Um, I actually thought it was interesting when Gregory said that his plan involved didn't you know not having any bullets or whatever he said no gunfire and she called him out on it yeah you were scared but i'm sure there was a part of him that's like how can i get me and my people through this without getting harmed you know and that's maybe why he did what he did right yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and that's what rick was doing when you know the first half of last season (laughs) okay (laughs) Steve Brown says, I enjoyed it. I loved Rick's repeating, you grace me twice. (laughs) I wonder if they included those lines to shut up all the people wondering how he recovered so fast from being shot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Laura Will Swink says, dude, finally, someone on this show is putting down the, the walkers to put them out of their living hell. I've always found this, um, uh, to not only be necessary but practical too how many times have our characters not put down a walk a walker or walkers and later been killed because of it yeah exactly Ex- thank you laura and uh, uh, it's a kindness like I, I still can't believe aaron didn't put down the zombie eric you can't kill every walker that'd be like trying to kill every mosquito True, but you can kill the love of your life who yeah. is going off, um, you know, and his maybe his soul is trapped. Yeah, if I had, if I loved a mosquito, I would kill it. No, that I don't think that really makes any sense. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> it no. really doesn't in, no. on any level. I'll take that out. <laughs> but <laughs> don't you're you right. Dare. Yeah, if I, yeah, if um, yeah, it, the people you care about, just in case. I mean, being a zombie cannot be worse than. Can, it cannot be better than just being dead. I don't think. I, I think one of the things when we did, like, we used to do our top fives about uh, what zombies are thinking or whatever. Yeah. I think <laughs> one of mine was, like, they're just in the state of constant euphoria. I don't know. 
<laughs> Maybe I just made that up. I thought they were in a state of constant hunger, which would be terrible. Yes. I know. Yeah. You should go on the ketogenic diet. You, you don't feel as hungry. Are you still on that thing? Tell the zombies that. Yeah. Keto for life. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. Karen Chi says, my top five. One, yes. Give Melissa McBride an Emmy already. Ezekiel and Carol are always great together. Two, agreed. Maggie looks really natural holding a baby. Great to see her channeling both Glenn and Herschel's moral compass by holding the pocket watch and telling them to kill a whole bunch of people at the same time. Oh, I added that part. <laughs> <laughs> people say she should have made an example of that punk savior, Jared, but we think she'll make him and Gregory pay real soon. It does make sense to have a POW in exchange for her own people, no? Yes. Three, yay, Sadiq, he already gives me a Glenn vibe, still thinking about others as he navigates the apocalypse. I'm also loving the callbacks in every episode. I'm one of the few who never hated Lori. Four, Rosita and the RPG, silly but really cool. Five, why the buck naked trash people in aprons? Why? Just why? Ugh. Oh, and I really, really like tetanus. (laughs) Why? I really like Jesus. We have to make sure what's left is worth what we lost. Yes. Even if it's kind of a broken record right now. Yeah, we didn't mention that, but I really love that too. Although I really do think, I don't know, if a whole bunch of people killed a whole bunch of other people, they could probably move on from it (laughs) afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I liked when he said that. You're a cold, cold man. (laughs) Jamie Dimmick says, there is zero reason for the trash holes to be naked. I hate them and everything they do. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Shrimpton says, maybe it was just really, really hot that day. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Jamila Nasser says, they are so annoying. All of it. (laughs) I like how the um, people complaining about the trash people are also being economical in their language. Yes. Hate it. <laughs> Hate them. <laughs> Go so away. annoying. Diana K. Morgan says, I was really glad that my dread losing the king, the widow, or Rick was not borne out. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Yay. Okay, two couple emails. Okay, the first one comes from Rachel Tell, who writes, Hey, guys, I love this episode. We saw so many different people. Exciting things happen. Things move forward. Rick is naked. Daryl is perfect. And Carol is, well, also perfect. I'm not scared. Then you're stupid. Best line ever. I laugh so hard. It is so true. And only Carol could straight up call a kid stupid to his face and make me say, Yeah, well, that was reasonable. (laughs) I definitely thought Carol and, uh, sorry, Daryl and Tara might make out when they were on the porch. No, I know she's a lesbian, but come on, there were vibes. I also really (laughs) wanted Carol and Ezekiel to make out so badly. That was painful. What is up with our people always being labeled with the letter A? First a Terminus, then on Daryl, now with Rick. Is that some secret I'm not in on? I want to know. That is a great question. It always seems arbitrary. It is arbitrary. That's what it stands for. But Yeah, (laughs) A for arbitrary. But it happens way too much to be arbitrary. Um, I also know that they do nothing arbitrarily on this show. Except for the A's. Except for the A's, the, the scarlet A's. Um, so fucking stoked for whatever happened um, with the foursome at the sanctuary. This is, and by the way, it was so cute. All four of them sort of smashed up in the cab of the truck. Yeah, I thought it was adorable. Off on a little road trip to yeah, exactly. Kamikaze Woo! road trip. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a, f- a great first half of the season so far. 
And I have so enjoyed being a member of the Facebook page this month. Obviously, have to up my Patreon game. Jason, that was a, mar- a genius marketing scheme. Don't get bit. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, it's come, we're coming up to the end of our free November month where a bunch of you guys decided to become a part of the Facebook group. And it's been really fun having new people in there. It so has that's been what fun. she's talking about. <clears throat> Next, Rob from LA. Karen and David. What? Why do every people address us as Karen and David? <laughs> Maybe it's just Rob every time he writes it. I'm not sure. Anyways, he says, Phew, knowing what I know from the comic books, All at War will be the whole season. Thank goodness. There's just too much story to tell at this point in the last episodes of the mid-season. So happy to see the plot markers are being kept but enhanced with further drama. We were under Negan's rule for so long that it would have been anticlimactic to have everything quickly come to a finish so soon. Huh. I hope, yeah, I I guess maybe you're right. I was the way Rick talks about it. They should be able to wrap it up in two more episodes, but I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. (laughs) I forgot what happened in the comics. He goes on when it came to the moral dilemma of keeping the sanctuary captives alive. I kept wanting to whisper in Maggie's ear. What would Herschel do? Mm. What would Herschel do? It was nice to see Sasha and Michonne get part of the action. Wait, I think he means, um, Rosita. Rosita. The RPG to the foot soldier brought back some great first person shooter moments. <laughs> <laughs> but why is it Daryl that keeps coming back to save the day? Wait, need to slow my roll. It's Daryl. Not too happy with the cross show character revelation on the Talking Dead. Melissa McBride accidentally gave away a major spoiler. Did she? I don't know. That's what I said. Anyway, waiting for Oceanside to come back into the fold. I think he's saying I was a grip or part of the lighting department on Lifeline with Sydney Park, who she's Cindy in the Oceanside. And she was, she was a joy and an amazing actress. She could snap in and out of character and memorize pages of dialogue with ease. Big fan. Love you guys and stay up late on work nights to write thoughts. Oh, thanks. Rob from LA, except that uh, it's Jason, not David. (laughs) Yeah. Sydney Park has been great at Walker Stalker Sheep. She's done a couple of those sectionary things and she's really fun. <laughs> she did give me a hard time when I um got I called Father Gabriel Father Abraham, but I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> this next one comes from Steve Brown who writes, just wanted to clarify that the penis in the sky was Navy pilots, not Air Force. I was laughing at your rant and loved it. I just I waited for a co-host to say that's a lot of dicks, as in reservoir dogs. <laughs> That's funny. Good Reservoir Dogs call. Um, sorry, that was Navy pilots, not Air Force. Um, Steve's in the military. That's why he knows that, I'm sure. And you know what? Uh, I apologize um, to the Air Force pilots who did not draw a dick <laughs> in the sky. Uh, this last one is from Anonymous, <clears throat> who says, Hi there. I've been listening to your podcast for a while. It's awesome, and I enjoy listening to your thoughts on each episode. So thank you. Thank you. The latest episode made me wonder, when you ask Siri to pick a number between 1 and 24, would she ever pick 1 or 24? Or would you need to say, pick a number between 0 and 25? I probably Uh could Google this and come up with the answer, but I felt like writing you instead. Uh, Thank you much and keep up the great work. So I tested this out because I was wondering the same thing. And so I asked Siri for a random number between one and three a bunch of times. Yeah. And it just said two. So no, I'm just kidding. It said one, two or three pretty much equally. So Uh. I figured 
that, you know, it, so you didn't, it, it includes the numbers at the end, either end. And you didn't have to say, uh, pick a number between, between and including one and 24. Right. It, it knew that already. That was implicit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so there you go. Confirmed anonymous. <laughs> Thanks for asking. All right. We have a few calls. First one is from Anwen Carver. Yay. Hey, Jason and Karen. You know, sometimes this show, I think, gets a little bit predictable, so I love it when something unpredictable happens. When Rosita and Michonne were walking around um, inside that warehouse, first of all, what were they doing going in there by themselves? It was pretty stupid. Anyway, they go in, (laughs) and then they're walking around, what's going on, what's happening here, blah, 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 and then (laughs) RPG, boom, and I'm like, that's why they went in, that is so cool. And then outside, of course, (laughs) Daryl comes along with Tara, and boom, they bring him to the truck. And I thought that was very cool. But um, I guess it, it was a cool scene. It kind of seemed a little bit contrived sort of way just to get the four of them together because they're obviously going to be the rebels going off and um, doing a breakaway group. Um, it was cool, though. I liked it. And the only other thing I have to say is, oh, my God, trash heap lady with her apron and her arts and crafts that was crazy (laughs) (laughs) thanks guys yeah see you soon you know i'm gonna go ahead and just say i dig it i'm i'm glad for whatever crazy reason two of the heapsters were naked and she was doing trash art i think that's awesome and making a really cute kitty. Yeah. And and um Anwen um having her call and um hearing the birdies again made my day. <laughs> again. Thank you, Anwen. She she lives right by a nature preserve and that's why we're hearing the birds. In so New great. Zealand. In New Zealand and from N Z. And here's Emily from A Z. From A Z. Hey guys, what's up? It's Emily from Arizona. Uh, I just wanted to say it's nice to see Carol paired up with another child. That's always fun to see. And also, I'm a little tired of the Randall dilemma. In fact, that's what I'm going to yeah. call it from now on. Uh-huh. And I, like I also wanted to like talk a little bit about the Michonne-Rosita situation in the building. Um, when Rosita dropped her pistol, I was like, oh, no. But then she picked up the RPG and blew the guy up. And I was like, yes. <laughs> but then the fat lady truck drove away and I was like, oh, no. But then the garbage truck came along and <laughs> smashed it. And I was like, yes. So the episode was a bit of a roller coaster for me. So anyway, yeah. that's all. Love you guys. Bye. That's funny because <laughs> last episode was a roller coaster for Anwen. Remember when she called in? I think oh, he's yeah. going to die. Oh, no. He's, he's okay. Oh, no. those are some great calls i listened to either one of those ahead of time by the way but you just made me like those two scenes much more for some reason emily and i also want to start calling this show the randall dilemma i do remember randall (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) guys we we gotta kill this guy he's trouble i'm not trouble (laughs) (laughs) i'm just a just a country boy all right randall and finally, we've got Matt from England again. Hey, Jason and Karen, it's Matt from England again. I won't call every week, I promise. Um, I also just realized that time zones are a thing, so hopefully this gets to you in time. I just have a few thoughts about the episode from last week. Um, I agree with Jason uh, about what he said. Negan makes more sense to me now. Um, I don't 
agree with him still, um, but I understand him a bit more. I think that's an important distinction that, that Jason tried to make. I think he's a more interesting character because of it. Like, yeah, his whole situation with the saviors, um, I kind of get it a bit more, which I like. I didn't really like the Rick and Daryl fight. I've been kind of worried for a while now that there might be a sort of civil war between our protagonists, sort of like Tara, Daryl um, and Morgan versus Rick and Jesus and maybe Maggie because she showed Gregory Mercy. So I'm not quite sure whose side she'd be on yet. But um, I really don't want that to happen. I don't like it when sort of the main characters, the main like protagonists fight amongst themselves. I agree. Uh, I did like the, the Morgan and Jesus fight when that happened. Um, but mostly I think because um, I think Jason, you asked Tom Payne um, in the interview with him who he thought would win. And, and he said, Jesus, um, he's a bit biased, <laughs> I'm sure. And I'm going to call that one from the episode a draw. So maybe a rematch would be good to see if he was right or not. Um, <laughs> Hopefully they can resolve it without violence and it won't, it won't come to that and they can just decide what to do. That's if, if they even win. Um, they can decide what to do with all the saviours and the workers and things without fighting amongst themselves. Um, and I hope that they didn't do it this week because I would sound really dumb for speculating on something that you already know already happened. Um, <laughs> I, I looked at your Patreon and I, I can't quite afford the, uh, the Facebook group tier yet. I'm a student, but I, I started on a lower one and maybe one day. Um, and there are other Facebook groups that I can comment on if... Um, they're still talking about it by Tuesday. So uh, thanks for looking out for me, Jason. Uh, all right. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> it is awesome. Well, we know. Now we know Maggie would be on the other side. Morgan and Carol and Dell, pretty much everyone versus Rick and Jesus at this point. <sighs> People yeah. are so funny, though. Uh, they flip back and forth in this question. Yeah. It's the hard Randall to be- dilemma. Oh my god, we're st- we're still <laughs> deliberating. What do we do? What do we do? Yeah, we we should just make a chart and see each episode which side of the Randall dilemma each character's on and when they flip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Because they were all right. many times back and forth. This week there wasn't much stuff from the comic, but I had a couple questions I wanted to ask Eric about the comic, and so we're going to do a mini comic talk right now. All right, since there wasn't very much from the comic this week, but I, there was a couple things I wanted to talk about anyway, so I asked Eric to come on, and here he is. Hello, how you guys doing? <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess you're asking the listeners, but I'll answer for them. They're fine. Yeah, well. I'm sure they are. They're <laughs> listening to you. Oh. <laughs> is Karen on the show? Yeah, she, she is. They're happy. She okay. was just They're here happy. 10 seconds ago. Um, so let, let, let's talk just a little bit. So uh, Sadiq is from the comics, but you said he wasn't, it didn't show his, his introduction. No, as far as I recall, we never saw the introduction of Sadiq. I mean, by all means, if, if there is, somebody correct me. I think but he I feel was, like he just, he was in Alexandrian, wasn't he? I he believe he's there. actually from. I'm, I'm not. I think he may have been from Oceanside, the original Oceanside. Uh, I think we don't really meet Sadiq until the time jump. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think, think she was on I'm the boat with sure. uh, Michonne. Yes. Yeah. Well, but maybe um, we met him before. I am not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty sure we didn't see an introduction like this. He's a nice That's guy, sure. right? In the comics. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess there's some stuff coming up with him that we probably shouldn't talk about because it's so far ahead. But we could mention that, but no, no yeah, reason to. No That's reason way to. too far. <laughs> but I just, <laughs> it's good to have a likable guy. I think so. I, I find him to be immediately trustworthy. 
And it's kind of nice in this show to have that where you're just like, I don't know. I got a good feeling about this yeah. guy. Probably only because I've, I I know who he is from the comic. Right. But, <laughs> but uh, he's got a nice affable way about him. Yeah, he did. Uh, so what I really wanted to mention, I mean, this has been talked about before about the heapsters morphing into the. Mm. So as usual, we'll have spoilers, you guys. If you don't want to hear stuff coming up from the comics, you shouldn't be listening to this. You should move ahead. But uh, so here I go. The heapsters morphing <laughs> into the whispers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. at first I didn't think they would do that, but I'm starting to think maybe they will. Be. For one thing, they made Pollyanna McIntosh a regular. Yeah. Plays Jadis. And also the heapsters are all about like economy of language and recycling and the whispers barely say anything and they recycle zombie skins. And, and there's even, even the way that they are with regards to them just being animals. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that's really bizarre about the whispers that I can definitely see the heapsters kind of morphing into. Uh, And I think maybe we even saw a little bit of that when we see Jada sitting there in the nude making art um, except for the apron and other people walking around nude, with, except for the apron. Well, obviously they're doing something symbolic here. Something's going on. Uh, and you know, that's, I guess, walking around in an apron, you know, hop, skip and a jump to putting zombie, <laughs> zombie skin skins. on you. I don't know, but <laughs> it could be, I mean, I'm starting to wonder and maybe they, you know, I'm like, why would they do that? Maybe Scott Gimple thought, well, it would make, you know, more sense if we show how the whispers got to doing something like that. But, uh, I kind of, you know, the way they were introduced in the comics, I thought was really awesome because we saw what we thought were talking zombies. And then we had to wait a month to figure out what the heck was going on. Yeah. I'm actually, I think we had to wait even longer than a month to figure out what was going on necessarily. It was, yeah. I I agree with you 100%. I this is normally I don't actually I've I've often liked the way the TV show has set up certain things to come I think in a right. better way. I think yeah. I think with this one it almost makes it feel too provincial. Part of the thing that was nice about the whispers is that it was, you know, a not only a, a ways away in time, but they felt like truly an other yeah, it just like kind of came group. out of nowhere. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is the way I think it would really happen right. as opposed mm-hmm. to some insular, I don't know, super incestuous Amish community <laughs> where every single buddy knows everybody else. I mean, is this all just in one tiny little region? These are people, you know, our group who came up from Atlanta. Why are these other groups all hanging out? So, yeah. But um, we don't know if this is them. I'm just, we're just speculating. But true. if it is, sounds like neither one of us are, are that in love with that idea. No, and it's a shame because I, I do, in fact, really like Pollyanna. Um, I mean, I haven't met her, I just think, but her, but her performance is Jadis. I, except for the horrible dialogue, I, I like everything else about it. Yeah. You know, I think she's she's doing great with what she striking. has. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, but whatever happened in this episode with this one, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, we don't know the plan and what's going to happen, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did you and uh, Karen think we, of it? We we liked uh well uh, Karen liked more of it than I did, but um neither one of us yeah really cared that much for Rick going into the heapsters and thought it was That's dumb. That's probably my 
bigger complaint on yeah. that. And then with the A, why the A? Really? Yeah. What, what A stands strange... for arbitrary. We, we decided. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. It's like the ultimate MacGuffin. But uh, I really liked Sadiq and Carl and... Yes. Uh, we we liked Carol and Ezekiel. Oh, that's another thing. Carol and Ezekiel, that just, I don't know if we saw any kind of exact conversation like this, but we may have, right, with Michonne and Ezekiel. I, I definitely remember yeah. Ezekiel just being totally deflated. Y- you know, you are absolutely correct. I guess that was something that Grace and I could have talked about as well. And, and it was, there was a conversation between the uh, Michonne and Ezekiel in the book. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's right. Um, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Really, really, it was there. There just wasn't much to to compare with this one. So, all right, but it was. It did have its good moments. Yeah, I, I did actually. There were parts I did enjoy. You just mentioned that one. Um, I think there was stuff with Gregory and Maggie yes. that I did enjoy. Yeah. So, uh, that was some good stuff. With that Rick and and Jadis thing. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe they'll be better as whisperers. So yeah, have to that's hear them at all. Way to look at it, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, right thanks, on, Eric. Jason. Hey, no problem. Take care. Talk to you later. All right. That's our show. Episode 289. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. If you want to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. And you can do what I think Matt did and also Onwin and Emily this week. They all recorded themselves either on their phone or their computer and just sent me the voice file. It's really easy to do if you have a voice memo app, which I think every iPhone and probably every Android phone does, and then just email it to brains at podcastica.com. You can also find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. Next week, it's Season 8, Episode 7, Time for After. And uh, we'll be joined, Karen and I will be joined by guest co-host Lauren Wilson, who's the author of The Walking Dead Cookbook and Survival Guide. You might have heard my interview with her a few weeks ago. And uh, she's just obviously so into the show, and she knows every little bit of it because she rewatched the whole thing to do her cookbook. So I thought it would be fun to have her on and <laughs> take part in our usual you know, review. Our shenanigans. Yeah. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get bit, bit, Brad Holt. Pardon me, my darling, but do you have a second? Uh, just so I can tell you how you caught my full attention. Now, how is it that you look so well put together? Uh, flawless as can be. It just doesn't get no better though. Hey, hey girl, don't you come, don't you hurt. You let me show you always some good loving. Because I got so much love inside and I That's missing.